always the answer. Hi guys, that's Brie. And that is Amy. This is our podcast. This. Don't tell them what it is. Don't tell them. This is us. Let them guess. Not the show. Not the show. This is us, not the show. Yes, it's a lot scarier. <laughs> that's all. That's all the hints we're going to give you. <laughs> um, a lot of stuff happened this week, Brie. Oh my god. We're... Amy's alive, guys. And so is Brie. So, um, we're not going to go into a whole lot of detail. I don't know a lot of detail. That's true. Yeah. Um, but there was someone in our neighborhood driving around shooting at stuff and he drove in my driveway. Yeah. It all started. Well, I mean, cause that, that morning. Yeah. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. That morning, Josh goes to work and he calls me and it's like the street that's right outside of our street. If you live in the area, it's Brock. Can I say that? Sure. It's like off of Brock and Rep Road. No, we're just giving people exactly what our house. It's literally it was on Facebook. You can see it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, it happened around there. Josh was driving by there, and he's like, "Yo, something's about to go down. There's a lot of police and like, uh, unmarked police vehicles and people in uniform, military out there holding like guns and firearms and whatnot." And I was like, "Oh, that's crazy." He's like, "Yeah, it's like, sounds like they're like." about to like take down someone's house so immediately i text amy and i'm like yo what's going on and thinking that my friend knows everything in the whole wide world involving crime (laughs) (laughs) well and and also you're hoping that if i if it was still there like i would drive by drive by yeah yeah yeah, because i don't leave my house i i stay at home right um and so amy's like okay this is weird. So I'm going to text you what Rick just texted me. Yeah, no, I said, I'm going to hang up with you and text you what Rick said. Yeah. Because I was like very freaked out. Yeah. I didn't know how to respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Rick, Rick texted me and he was like, hey, this, like there's a video a clip of someone driving in our driveway around 3.30 this morning. Can you download it? And, like, he had sent that to me, like, the second I woke up. And then, like, I get out of the shower and see you texted me. And you're like, are you up? And I'm like, what is happening right now? The world is ending. The world is ending. And so I, when I first viewed the uh, camera of what Rick told me, I didn't think much of it. I Like, I thought someone was just, like, lost. And at 3.30 in the morning, like probably drunk, lost, you know? Yeah. And I didn't think of much of it. And then I saw your text message and I was like, what is happening? It's a little weird. That's weird. Yeah. So. Can I, can I talk about my camera? Yes, please do. Did you even listen to it? Yes, I did. To yours? Yeah. You listened to yours? You <laughs> yeah, heard it too? Th- there's no sound. There's nothing uh, significant in mine. But I sent it to my parents and they said that there might be a sound that. Because I sent them mine and yours. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, on mine, you can see the pers- the vehicle go down the road at, like, it was, like, 320. And then they come, they take five, me and Amy, it takes, like, a, 30 seconds to drive from my house to Amy's yeah. house. 
And five minutes later, they drive back down the road. And in between that time, you hear like six or five or six gunshots. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Yeah. It was terrifying. I was yeah. listening to it on my headphones too because I didn't want the kids to hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Immediately, I'm just like, huh! <laughs> <laughs> We don't, we, no one got hurt that no. we know of. No. Because um, it was all over Facebook. But yeah, he was just wild and out there yep you you can look it up i'm sure yeah. you've heard of it if you haven't heard of it yet you've probably heard of it or yeah. i don't know if that made any sense um just look it up and we can see what things happened in we, North Pole. we felt kind of cool because we we gotta uh we gotta send in our footage to the evidence for yeah the troopers we're, we're like, like hey i have evidence for you and they're like cool of course now when this person gets out of He's going to kill us. He's going to, he probably listens to our show. And he's Obviously. Be like, thanks a lot, ladies. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. Fun, fun stuff happening. It was terrifying. Yeah. Um, Lock your doors, people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then now Bree's like all freaked out. Yeah. You guys, she's like, I'm worried about you. And I'm like, don't be your fault. Seriously, though, if something happens, I don't care what time it is. Josh is always looking for a reason to use. Yeah. His protection. Things. Yes. Yeah, and like you know, just I'm say fine. something. But I would call you guys, so yeah. um, I should actually save Josh's phone number because, like, otherwise I'd have to. You don't like... have his phone number saved yet? <laughs> uh, no, I only message him on Facebook. Oh, okay, yeah. But like, I'd have that's, to. Re- that's his means of messaging everybody. Oh, is it? For some reason. I don't know why. He texts people, too, but he also, like, messages people. So, like, that's, like, he's used to, like... They must be true friends, because he texts them, and he messages them, messages, messages them on Facebook. I was watching this TikTok about, like, people who are, like, your true friends, and one of... There was, like, five different, like, reasons of... Wow, that was a good crack. <laughs> Thank you. Um, One of the reasons, or one of the things was, if you communicate with them through two to three apps... Or oh. more. And I was like, oh, Amy and I talk through Snapchat and Facebook and Messenger or sometimes um, TikToks. Yeah. I have you ever, we've also had like multiple conversations and phone calls. <laughs> yeah, but like we'll be texting and then we'll call about yeah. something and then we'll be talking in another app about something else. Yeah. I do that with my sister also. <laughs> like we have multiple Let's conversations. Carry on with on. this section with this with this topic. <laughs> um so I have a question for you. Okay. Yeah, I really sucks at this. Anyway. Oh, you don't want me to? No, no, no. No. Ask away. Okay. I'm looking for questions now. You don't have to. Okay. Cool. You're fine. No pressure. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Um, what did you get into the most trouble for with your parents as a kid? Ooh. I was a good kid. Yeah? I really was. You never get know. in trouble? No. I never got in trouble. I don't believe that. Okay, so... I got Saturday school once. <gasps> Bree! But it wasn't my fault. It wasn't your fault. I had the worst teacher. I didn't even get in trouble for it by my parents. Oh. So I don't know. I I could say that Saturday school, but that was from school. And it was because we had this assignment and it was like this huge assignment that we had to do. And 
me and this girl had made a video for it and we had it all ready to go mm -hmm. and our 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 flash drive wasn't compatible with her apple she oh. had apple and it wasn't compatible and she's like you failed and i, I mean, was like that's not your guys what fault. the f yeah what and the heck? so like the only way i could like fix it was if i went to go get my actual laptop and somehow we could like hook up my laptop to her projector right my laptop was in my car and i parked right off of campus because i didn't want to pay for parking right and so i went to go get my car and a teacher <gasps> caught me and they were like you're skipping and i was like this one time I was not skipping like <laughs> no and they're like you're going to Saturday school I was crying me and the other girl were bawling our eyes out it, it was so lame all we had to do was just sit there in the cafeteria for like three four hours that's such a stupid like, punishment I would much rather have gone and like clean the stadium or something yeah. like that but no okay so yeah they did you? decide to like assess the whole situation and be like, okay, she actually was getting her laptop. Oh, she was a very known, known to be a jerk teacher too, though. The teacher, your teacher, she or the wasn't teacher the one who? Yeah, no, I, that teacher also was. Yes, I think she was the computer teacher there. So they were both just like, yeah, yeah. And the other teacher was gonna fail me. She ended up giving us a D the next day or something like that because I brought in my laptop, but I got low grade, a low grade because it was late. Like, I had it ready the one time I actually have my work ready. Oh, I'm sorry. So that's why I don't try in school, kids. <laughs> Told them that. Don't even bother. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, what uh, about you? What did your parents give that? That was not even the answer, but... Uh, I can't think of, like, the biggest trouble I've ever gotten into. I never... I was actually a pretty good kid also, but I do remember this one time, and for some reason, I think about it, like, probably, like, once a month, because um, I have anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I went grocery shopping for my mom. This is this is not the biggest trouble i ever gotten into, but, um, uh, but I never did anything bad. Like, I was not a bad kid, but I went grocery shopping for my mom and i had heard that prenatal vitamins help your hair and, and you know yeah. nails grow and so i got them for myself and i like wasn't trying to hide them because i didn't think it was a big deal and my oh, my God. parents were well, like we're taking out the groceries and my mom found it and like I was trying to tell her what it was and my dad like grabbed me by my hair and like drug <gasps> me outside. Oh my god. And he was like yelling at me and I'm like it was because I thought my hair would grow better. <laughs> I'm not pregnant. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. It's like that horse and mane, that mane and tail yes, shampoo yeah. that people were using for a while. Yeah. Like, I'm not a horse, but I'm going to use shampoo for him. <laughs> like, it's okay to use prenatal vitamins, yeah. though, still. Like, they are good for your hair. Then I learned nails. that there's, like, biotin. Yeah. Which... <laughs> hair, skin, and nails. Yeah. <laughs> which, that's actually, I can't. Uh, I learned recently that it's not good for whenever you're taking thyroid medicine, really? or it can mess up that. your levels whenever you're doing like labs and stuff. Um, I learned that biotin is not good for acne; it causes oh. acne. Interesting. Yeah, because I went to um, a dermatologist, and she was like doing the micro whatever to my skin, 
And I was like, yeah, like I'm breaking out really bad right now. And she's like, well, do you use biotin? And I was like, or she's, you know, asked me like, what do you do? And da, da, da. and I was like, I take biotin. And she's like, oh, that's so bad for your skin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There you go, people. It causes acne or it can cause acne. I don't know. I, I have, uh, that was not a blow to my parents, by the way, because I know they listen. Uh, I could say all the other table terrible things that you guys have not done to me because I was raised in a very good home. <laughs> They're good parents, guys. <laughs> they, they are. Um, I I sound like such a goody two shoes. I was also the youngest too. <clears throat> yeah, you probably got away so, with. A yeah, lot. I got away with a lot. A lot was unseen. Um, I was too scared to be bad. My so. brother and my sister. Any time my brother and sister would be mean to me, I scream for my mom and she'd be like be nice to your sister i was a brat you sound like a brat (laughs) one time i love telling this story because it's like my favorite story because i think it's hilarious but um it wasn't funny at the time but i left my my car in a private parking lot and uh i left my car in a private parking lot and i drove with my friend and we were, like, just hanging out and doing, like, driving around and being kids and stuff, teenagers. Well, actually, I was out of high school. And I left my car there overnight. Well, we and we stayed the night at her house. We went to go pick my car up the next morning, and it was gone. It had been towed because oh, it was a no. private parking lot. And so I found out what parking lot, like, who towed it, which it was the people. They had towed it, like, an hour before I showed up, which sucks. Oh, no. And so uh, we go back to my house because the car was in my parents' name. So I couldn't, like, do anything. I was going to have to tell my parents about it. And we go back. So we go back to my house, and we're hanging out, and my dad comes in. My dad and my mom come home, and my dad's like, hey, Amy, where's your car? And I was like. Um, the, the towing company for the name of it was called Keith, Keith's Towing. And my dad's like, Hey, me, where's your car? And I was like, at Keith's. And he's like, who's Keith? And I was like, Keith's Towing. <gasps> oh, no. They were so mad. Yeah, I'd be mad at you, too. Yeah, it was well-deserved. But Bad. I just love it because he's like, who's Keith? And I was like, Keith's Towing. Keith's Towing. <laughs> So, yeah, I didn't get in that much trouble. I was a good kid. I'm still trying to think. <laughs> That's okay, Bree. I wish I had, like, a cool story. But, yeah. you know, I wasn't. That just means that we were both good kids. It's annoying. Like, I wasn't stupid goody two-shoes over here. All right, do you want to hear a neighborhood story? Yes, I, I assume you're going first this week since yes. I went first the <clears> past <throat> couple weeks. Um, so this one is from Next Door, and it is called Stolen Honor. My blade, an old ninjutsu relic of the Hebe Cage clan, was stolen. It was in an SUV at blank. The police said excuse sat or the police sat excuse they are laughed at me for this. I don't know. Uh, I believe myself and the rest of blank are tired of this useless law rubbish. Do oh. your effing jobs like we pay you to do. The thie- To the thief, run. I will catch you. Hide, and I will harm you. Return what is stolen, and I will forget you. You 
have one week before I call in more help from very special friends of mine. I can hear its call. You have been warned. Oh, my gosh. And then they drew a picture of it, of the what the blade looks like, and it looks like a cartoon picture. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's like, have you... I think we talked about it last year, too, for St. Patrick's Day. Um, also, I'm celebrating St. Patrick's Day again this episode, guys. Yes, yes. Um, but the leprechaun video that I yeah. showed you, they drew, like, what they thought the leprechaun. It looked like yeah. a sketch, like a kindergartner <laughs> was drawn. Hey, anybody see the leprechaun? Okay, but in their defense, like, not everyone's, like, a drawer. It's terrible, though. It's so I'm bad. so bad at drawing. It's so bad. <laughs> Oh, tell me a story. Okay, so I'm actually going to tell you a story from South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. Sick. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you a story about um, someone in South Carolina. My eyes were a little red, and so I had to put eye drops in them this morning. Segway. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry I for that. I just wanted to let you know. Okay. Um, I didn't use Visine. I used a store brand select so um so i'm gonna tell you this relates to your story doesn't it no oh okay uh, yes i'm gonna tell you about stephen clayton stephen was born on may 1st 1954 in miami beach florida while little information was known about his mom his dad was his name was roe clayton uh, he was an accomplished businessman. He, he instilled his value of compassion and hard work into his five children, Stephen, Valerie, Patricia, Cameron, and Rosemary. Stephen's early years were spent in Miami, and he graduated from Miami Springs Senior High School, where he celebrated a versatile, uh, was celebrated as a versatile athlete. He played football, ran track, and was involved in Greco-Roman wrestling. Please don't ask me what that is, because I have no idea. Sounds cool. Sounds dope. Um, he also graduated from Miami Military, the Miami Military Academy before earning a Bachelor's of Science degree from Florida State in 1976. So this guy is like... Those Seminoles. Yep. Um, he's super cool. He went on to become a certified public accountant, which, like, what? Like, you have all of this accomplishment, and <laughs> yeah. you're an accountant? <laughs> Not just an accountant. It's easy. You're, you're, it's all the same everywhere. I guess you're a public accountant. I, I think that's I think that's what Ben Wyatt says, is that he, he likes accounting. It's, it's easy. It's the same everywhere. <laughs> it's numbers. It's numbers. You can't go wrong. He loves numbers. Calculator. <laughs> <laughs> I love his number jokes. <laughs> so, um, for uh, for a time, he put his skills in in the finance department of Fort Lauderdale Holy Cross Hospital, but he really didn't put his name onto the map until he became the president and CEO of physical of a physical therapy resource and medical business specializing in sports and injuries that grew on a national level. So he had, like, multiple physical therapies offices. They're like a chain. Cool. 
This business was so successful that he was able to retire when he was 41. Dang. Yeah. He used his wealth to indulge his indulge in his passion for international travel. He also had many hobbies. He wrote poetry, collected fine art, loved to play golf, and was passionate about hiking and had a love for gardening. Oh, man. This guy has a great life. Yeah, right? Um, he His Fort Lauderdale garden grew the attention of all the neighbors, and he was happy to share any gardening tips. Oh, he's cool. just a good guy. He's got a green thumb. He's got a green thumb. Um... In 2010, Stephen met a nurse online named Lana Walsh. She was also lived in Fort Lauderdale at the time. Lana was uh, was born and raised in Oklahoma. She quickly stole Stephen's heart despite his string of failed marriages. He quickly uh, invited her to move in with him, and the couple seemed blissful to the family members. Together, they adopted two greyhound dogs, oh, one cute. named Guinness uh, and Stella. I wonder if they were, um, like, uh, retired ones from the racetrack there. Oh, that could be it. a lot of people it. get retired greyhounds from the oh. racetracks in Florida. Well, they don't do it anymore because the racetrack is shut down. Oh. That's cruel. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> um, and they got we married. We had one. Did you? Did you? Yeah. Did it run really fast? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. What was its name? It may have been Stella. That's weird. Oh, it was my ex-stepmom's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, She bit me. Oh, did you get rid of her afterwards? No. No, she like nipped at me. And she she was in a cage her whole life. Yeah. It wasn't her fault. She was a really sweet dog. Very docile. Um... So, Stephen and Lana got married in 2013. The two ended up moving to Lake Wiley, South Carolina. In the South Carolina. Mo- yep, that's what I said. Go on. Okay. <laughs> um, don't know what I did wrong. In the most beautiful Greek architectured million-dollar lakefront home. Ooh, fancy. Despite not having any biological children himself, Stephen loved children. Lana had a boy and a girl from a previous marriage, Ryan and Kelsey, who were already adults when she met Stephen. Ryan and Kelsey also had children of their own, so Stephen loved playing the role of step-grandpa. Aww. He had extended family that lived nearby, and Lana's son was close as well. So they at least had family. Yeah. Lana found work as a veteran affairs nurse in Charlotte, while Stephen spent his retirement mentoring others with entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurial. You said it right. Okay. Aspects and offering pro bono business consulting. So, like, this guy was just, like, giving back to the world. Man, this guy just sounds like a grand guy. Doesn't he? Like, he just sounds, like, perfect on paper. On paper. Or not. Maybe he's great I have a bad feeling about this, the way Amy's looking at me. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow Um, all of her stories lead to... Something bad. Yeah, it's kind of weird how that yeah. happens. True crime. Hmm. What? It's almost like I'm I'm a true crime enthusiast. Wow. 
and we have a true crime paranormal podcast. Oh yeah, this is our true crime paranormal podcast. What's with the neighbors? That's what it is. <laughs> um, Never did that at the beginning. <laughs> um. So he also volunteered on the editor- editorial board of Lake Wiley's Pilot, a local newspaper that closed down in 2016. His role on the board deepened the respect he had for the community. Like, I just want to be next to this guy and just, he sounds so cool. Or his circle of friends came from all walks of life. He was friends with janitors and with financing moguls. Like, he was just, he loved everybody. Yeah. (sighs) He can't get any better. No, he can't. He's got to be super ugly. Oh, my God. It makes me so nervous. Get to it already. So, Stephen was just that personable and easygoing. Probably he could, has really bad teeth. Probably. <laughs> There's got to be something wrong with yeah. him. He's got, like, a mole. Yeah. Like, the only thing that you can point out, you po- he's, like, a really good-looking guy, but he has, like, one tiny little speck, like, a mole in a weird spot, and you're just like, <laughs> there! <laughs> That's what's wrong with him. That's, I actually, it's a beauty mark. Call it what you want. Call it what you want. It's there. It's a defect. (laughs) (laughs) The only one that we can find. What if he, like, has, like, really bad plaque? Like, you can see the plaque on his teeth. Or if he has, like, a disease, like irritable bowel syndrome. (laughs) He poops all the time. He's always in the bathroom. Like, ugh. Actually, it's funny that you say that. His bowel movements come up. Oh, okay. That's weird. Anyway, okay. Okay. Ew. So... Well, like, not into, like, detail, but it's mentioned. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, so he was friends with everyone. Um, he often hosted parties at his estate where he were, like, the talk of the town, like, these big, elaborate parties completed with catered food, live music, and fireworks. Um... The Clayton's life together was joyful, at least from the outside looking in. On May 30th, 2016, Lana contacted the York County Sheriff's Office to let them know that she had accidentally shot her husband with a crossbow. Oh. They <laughs> just nodded. That's normal. <laughs> they, that's probably not the first call they've gotten of the day with that. Same thing. It's actually a very big problem in York County. <laughs> oh, you're the sixth one on that street today. <laughs> um, at the time, she said that she was struggling to load the crossbow downstairs, which, as you do on a normal Tuesday evening. Of course. Um, she was frustrated because so, she couldn't load it correctly, apparently. So she goes upstairs to ask help from Stephen, but she saw that he was asleep. So, trying not to wake him up, she went into the other room and accidentally went off and shot him right in the head. In the other room? From from the other room? She went to go into the other room, and, like, as she was doing that in those motions, she accidentally shot oh, him in I the see. head. Oh, I see. Oh, right in the head. She, her great accidental aim. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... In the back of his head as well. Not so. great for him, though. No, 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 no. So he woke up screaming in pain and bleeding. 
uh, deputies. And of course he's alive from that because it's a freaking arrow in your head. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Gosh. So, uh, deputies soon arrived at the Clayton's residence to check on Stephen. During his interview with them, uh, he told the officers that he was fine and that the shooting was an accident. All right. According to the police, <laughs> according to the police report, he said he didn't believe his wife was trying to kill him. When Lana was interviewed, she seemed upset and began crying, and she told deputies that her um, husband has never hit her, has never hit her, but he could quickly turn cruel, and uh, and she hinted at emotional abuse, and but her allegations were never investigated. So, who knows if. No one knows if it's true or not. Okay. Because she never reported on it. Okay. She never told anybody. Just that little comment. That little comment. Okay. Um, also, this, uh, something that I wrote and then I deleted for some reason, um, this is Stephen's seventh marriage. Oh, wow. He just has a really hard time. I've told you, it's it's the plaque on his teeth. Yeah, right. The mole. Yeah, the mole. Yeah. So... After reviewing the incident, about a year later, deputies came to the conclusion that it was an accident and declared it in the report. No attempt to commit a crime was found. Okay. Um, no other incidents with police involvement occurred until nearly two years later, in mid-July of 2018, Stephen found himself severely sick. The symptoms began on July 19th. First, he had an earache, which progressed into a serious uh, bouts of nausea and dizziness. Stephen's family knew he suffered from vertigo spells on occasion, and since Lana was a nurse, they're like, well, he's fine. Like, he has this, like, really bad illness. He'll get over it. Yeah. Lana will take care of him. Um, from July 19th to the 21st, Stephen was bedridden and barely conscious. On the morning of July 21st, 2018, a Vietnam veteran named James Blackledge was riding his motorcycle down the road when he saw a woman running across from running across the front her front lawn okay. screaming. Lana flagged down the stranger and told him that her husband had fallen down the stairs and begged him to call 911. While James was on the phone with the dispatcher, Lana started running over to the neighbor's house for help. Um, the neighbor, Terry Floyd, rushed inside where he found Stephen at the bottom of the stairs, uh, and he, he couldn't find a pulse on Stephen. Um, when deputies arrived, Lana explained, Lana explained that she had checked on her husband around 11 a.m., and he had been sleeping, so... After ensuring that he had, like, water and his medicine was right next to him, she went outside to mow the lawn. Which, if you're that rich, why are you mowing the lawn? Yeah. You're not. Sounds like a really big property, too. Yeah, yeah, you're not mowing the lawn, yeah, Lana. No. You're not. What are <laughs> you doing, Lana? So, after hours later, Lana came back inside to find her husband lifeless at the bottom of the stairs. Um... And something that they were able to capture on the police body cam footage, Lana expressed her guilt over not checking on Stephen Stephen sooner. Okay. Hmm. 
a friend came back or a friend came over and was like consoling on Lana like oh it's okay Lana don't blame yourself and Steven's nephew Nick French happened to be a police officer in a nearby town and when he heard of his uncle's sudden death he rushed over to the mansion to check it out um when Stephen was declared dead at 1 p.m., the deputy coroner told investigators she saw nothing suspicious of um, nothing suspicious. And her first impression at the scene was that the 64-year-old man had died from a sudden heart attack. Uh, so Stephen's nephew did not agree with this. He was like, "All right, there's two details that I can easily pick out from this scene. Stephen always has his phone on him." Where's his phone? His phone is upstairs. Why would he walk downstairs without his phone? Secondly, uh, Lana made no attempts to resuscitate him or perform CPR. Right? You're a nurse. Yeah. So, and like you can tell when. And also, why did Lana like tell the guy who was randomly to running call outside 911. to call nine one one? Why yeah. hadn't she called it yet? Called them yet? She's a damsel in distress. Like, ugh, I wasn't thinking. I don't know. You no, my first instinct would likely be to call nine one one and see what I could do there because you only have a short amount of time. Exactly. The longer like, you wait, yeah, and like, you don't you know go how long outside, you're, you're wasting time. Yep. Lana clearly never took a CPR class. Lana, Lana, Lana. Where did a... you get your nursing degree from? <laughs> um, so, when the topic of Stephen's funeral came up, Lana blurted out that she wanted to have him cremated, which made Nick even more suspicious. He's like, Are you trying to get rid of him? Yeah, exactly. What are you trying to hide, Lana? What are you trying to hide, What's Lana? What's going on, Lana? I bet you thought that this guy was going to be the murderer, huh? You thought Steven was going to be the murderer. I actually did, yes. Yeah. Um, when Nick searched the couple's upstairs bedroom, there were indications that his uncle had been bedridden for days. The bed was drenched in urine, <gasps> which pointed to the sign that he had been too ill to even get out of bed. Oh, my gosh. And which did not go hand in hand with a sudden heart attack right and when nick asked lana about the urine soaked sheets lana claimed steven sometimes would wet the bed when he would suffer from vertigo which okay but like you're not gonna clean them you've had vertigo mm -hmm. right yeah that's what, that's what you suffer from sometimes yeah well it's my crystals like, what is it like like, you sound so, like, hippie when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> you crack me up when you say that. Um, They're real. Oh, I, I believe you. I believe you with how much issues you were having with them. Uh, but... Well, when you said it was vertigo... I would still go to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Like, it wouldn't put you out to go to the bathroom. No. You Laying down like, made it drive. worse. Yeah. Or, like, think or walk. Yeah. I mean, I, comfortably, you laying, can get yourself to the bathroom. Yeah, but laying down would make it worse for okay. me. Right. So I don't understand. I don't know. Um, another nephew, Chris Fargan, arrived at the house to console Lana because poor Lana. 
She's going through such a rough she, time. She really is. Mowing the lawn. It's a it's a rough life yeah. being a millionaire's wife. Yep. In the south. In the south. Oh yeah. heavens. And the heat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm from there. I'm allowed to do that. Yes, you are. Um, Lana asked uh, Chris for help in getting Stephen's affairs in order. Chris brought up his uncle's will, which named Chris as executor, and Lana denied that a will ever existed. And the, Chris is like, I know he has a will. He asked me to be the executor on it. Where is it? And she's like, he doesn't have one. So they're like, okay. That kind of like put the nail in the coffin like, for this a, family. An attorney's going to have it. Yeah. If it was an official will. Right. Regardless, you, you can't just say that. Like somebody's going to come up and say, here's his will. And a millionaire's not going to have a will. Give yeah, me a break. exactly. A, an accountant. So yeah. responsible. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Clearly this guy was responsible. Yes. He had his moles checked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the one on his face is not cancer. Yeah. It is a beauty mark. Though he doesn't go to the dentist enough. No, no, no. <laughs> the black is strong. <laughs> <laughs> um... We're not making fun of this guy. No. <laughs> um, but he's just too perfect. Uh, so this kind of like put the nail in the coffin for the family. They're like, no, 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 no. You're being way too suspicious, Lana. So they ordered for an autopsy and a toxic toxicology report to be done. And Lana's like, well, that's too bad. And it's too late because he's supposed to be cremated tomorrow. So, like, Nick and Chris rush. Why wouldn't the police do that anyway? Actually, if it, if it's, if the coroner doesn't think that any foul play happened, they won't do an autopsy because it costs looks money. But that suspicious. Well, all, like, clearly that was not a heart attack. But the coroner did. She de deemed it as a heart attack. That is baloney. And so if there's no foul play, they don't do one unless the family asks for it. You tell it costs me. Money. Someone who's going to have a heart attack could have had, could have maybe not had something else going. What if he had like severe, like, like a stroke or something or something that could have been passed down to a family member? That would be up to the family that to do the autopsy. My, my, when my aunt died, I wanted an autopsy done on her, but because they said, I forgot what they said, how she died. And I was like, no, it's like she did, like overdosed or something. And my cousin refused to do uh, uh autopsy on her. Okay. So it's if it there's no foul play deemed by the coroner, no autopsy is done unless okay. the family orders it. There you go. So lessons with Amy. Thank you. Coming um, to my class. On uh, true crime. On personal experiences. Amy the lawyer. Amy the lawyer. Ding ding ding. Thank you. That's a judge. That's a judge, yes. Or um, Amy's court. <laughs> um, so they're like, or Lana's like, no, that it's too late. You can't do it. And so Chris and Nick like rushed down to the coroner's office and were able to have the test of the autopsy and the toxicology report done before he was cremated. Okay. Dang. They were like on top of it. Yeah, they were not messing they're around. Like, we got this. Like, oh, you said it's too late. Well, guess what? We're going to pull some strings. And they did. So when the coroner got the results back, Brie, they were able to 
find out that he did not actually die from a heart attack. What? Shocker. The autopsy didn't find anything suspicious, but the toxicology results revealed a presence of a chemical called tetra tetrahydroxycholine. I'm not tetrahydroxycycline. Tetrahydroxycycline. Oh, that sounds right. <laughs> Which is also called THZ. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Um, the standard tox a standard toxicology report wouldn't pull for something like this, but they had it go through a private lab and that private lab pulled like for everything. So what is this type of medicine? It is. The forensic to toxicologist Demi Garvin determined that the poisonous substance was undoubtedly the cause of death was it a plant no oh. they found high concentrations of this in steven's body so they're like that is definitely what it is because that's not supposed to be consumed right yeah thc thz sorry yeah <laughs> is commonly found in several brown brands of over-the-counter eye drops Oh, Visine. The most popular in which is Visine. They don't put that in there anymore, though, I don't think. This is from 2018. Yeah, that's. I thought they weren't supposed to put that in anymore. Because, like, I remember in the movie Wedding Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Yeah, they put it in his drink. Uh-huh. And he, so that he would be sick all the next day, and he had diarrhea uh. all the next day. But, I mean, they didn't put, him, put a lot. It was just some of right. this in his drink. <clears throat> I, I don't know if they still do it, but Brie, when I was looking up, because, oh, I forgot to tell you this in the beginning. I got this story, well, this story was one of way too many people that have died from Visine ser Google searches. Did you just look up people that had died from Visine? Well, there was a story that was on my calendar, my true crime calendar that I have at work. Oh, that you got me. I'm so glad you like that. <laughs> and it and someone else, they're like, where did you get this? And I was like, my friend got it for me. Um, but it was the story of a woman that uh, her husband poisoned her from Visine, but I couldn't remember her name. Okay. When I was at home researching, I forgot to write it down. Brie, there was way too many people that have died from Visine. <laughs> like, this is okay, a problem. Okay, guys. <laughs> Wedding Crashers was a movie. <laughs> Don't actually give Don't people actually Visine. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, don't get dead. Don't get dead. Uh, an overdose of THC can lead to drowsiness, respiratory depression, slowed heartbeat, hypothermia, and possibly even a coma. Oh my God, this poor guy. Or death, obviously. Steve. I know. The most frightening thing about THC is that it's colorless, odorless, and tasteless. Uh. Yeah. Um, as soon as the toxicology came back, Lana was brought in for questioning, obviously. When the investigators from the sheriff's office and the FBI listening in, or with the investigator from the, op the sheriff's office and the FBI listening in, the deputy coroner asked Lana about the visine in her husband's system. Um, she claimed that at some point, Stephen had heard from someone that if you put two drops of visine in, the co in your coffee, it will help you. Go poop. Oh. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that is true. It, it def probably is true. Well, 
There's his his bowel movements. That was actually very fast thinking on her part. But that you seems know? like it's still not enough. Yeah. Two drops. It's not enough to kill somebody. No. Yeah. Um, according to Lana, he had been doing that for years, and when the coroner informed her about the pres- like how much THC was in her, his system, Lana immediately said it was Stephen's personal visine. Like, they're like, I don't know why I said that. That doesn't make sense. Anyways, then it was his personal stash <laughs> locked away. It wasn't hers. She's like, "Well, it was his. It's not mine." <laughs> Sorry. Like when when people get pulled over and they have drugs in a car, like, "Oh, I don't know how that got there." This is my cousin's car. <laughs> Always. So the investigators were in disbelief that a nurse would be unaware of the dangers that come from ingesting eye drops. Chemical. Yeah, they. Decide like theorized, theorized, theorized. She likely knew it couldn't be detected in Stephen's drinking water. So they're like, I bet she knows. I bet she knows. Detectives decided it was time to inform Lana that Stephen's death was suspicious in nature. As the interview grew grew more tense, Lana just like ended up stop talk, stop talking, and left. And the investigators were like. We're going to follow up with you. So they actually just followed her back to her mansion. And they're like, we, we're we not done with this conversation. Yeah, we're just going to finish up here. Yeah. And so then Lana eventually confessed. And this is quote, unquote. This is exactly what she said. You know, I have a little table set up next to the bed with his tissues, his urinal, ur- urinal his medications, his visine. And I just saw it, and I was just so angry. I just took it and squirted it. I think I put the whole thing in. Oh, my <gasps> gosh. Wait, well, he's urinal. Yeah, because he, he wasn't feeling good before. Oh, okay. Why was he not peeing in the bathroom? I don't know. You're rich. You have a bathroom right there. Like, he wasn't feeling good. And then he didn't feel really How good. How bad at all. are you feeling, though? Why are you not peeing in your bathroom? Maybe he, I don't know. I don't know. Clearly, that's what she said. His urinal, if the bed was all wet. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. That's gross. That's disgusting. I don't care how rich you are. Use the bathroom. Yeah, unless you're like bedridden. Which he, I don't think he was. Unless he, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Unless he like absolutely was then, which it doesn't sound like. Maybe he was. that. Maybe that was. Maybe that's what it was. He had a kink for using the urinal and not the bathroom. He still wet the bed. <laughs> um, okay, we're not making fun of him. No. Sorry. The amount of THC would be enough to cause Stephen to stop breathing. Lana added that her husband had been sleeping, and she just delivered that fatal dose into his water. Lana admitted uh, her admission maintained that she didn't intentionally kill Stephen. She had just hoped to make him really unwell for a couple days. She claimed her husband had been abusive. However, investigators found nothing except a report from 2016 of the crossbow incident. So it sounds like she was the... Abusive one. In retrospect, they wondered if um, the so-called accident had been Lana's first attempt on Stephen's life. Right. Yeah. Ooh. 
After um, canvassing the neighborhood for witnesses, investigators received several reports of Lana starting a fire in the backyard the day after his death. And uh, his nephew, Chris, is convinced that's when Lana burnt the Stevens will. <sighs> uh, the suspect, the suspect, the suspected motive of his murder was now financial gain. So they're like, now it's premeditated. Shortly after the interrogation and confession, officers left the mansion. While an arrest warrant was prepared, someone sometime between when neighbors last saw her around 9.30 p.m. on the night of August 29th and 7 a.m. the next day, Lana had tried to take her own life. One neighbor reportedly went to check in on her the morning of August the 30th and found a suicide note on the deck table. The neighbor called the detective directly and asked him to perform a welfare check. Police officers, firefighters, and EMS workers were called to the scene when they opened the back door and gas fumes just like leaked out of the house. It was super overwhelming. And um, a According to the incident report, Lana was found in an upstairs bedroom. She was unconscious, but was still breathing. It would later be revealed that she had taken pills and turned the gas stove on super high oh. to kill herself. After receiving medical treatment and a brief recovery period, Lana Sue Clayton was arrested on August the 31st, 2018. She was charged with first-degree murder and malicious tampering of food. She was held without bond at the York County Jail to await trial. Lana was assigned two public defenders, and the case was um, went to trial. There was a they knew when going to trial, they knew that there was a high risk of the death penalty because. South Carolina remains one of the 27 U.S. states where capital punishment is still legal. So to avoid this possibility, Lana was convinced convinced her best option was convinced her best option was to be to take a plea deal. The defense lawyers and prosecutors came to an agreement she would plead guilty to voluntarily voluntary manslaughter and tampering with food or drugs. Uh, when Lana testified, she said, I allowed these emotions to make me do something in a matter of seconds that I will forever regret. I did impulsively put the Visine in Stephen's drink, but I did it with the intent to make him sick and uncomfortable. I was upset about the abuse and I just wanted him to leave me alone. I never thought it would kill him. And the judge responded to that. He was like, how can you maintain you did this to teach him a lesson when it was obvious from the facts that you let him suffer for three days. You ignored him. Yeah. Um, Stevens' extended family were present at the hearing hoping to see Lana brought to justice for what she did. Lorna Stevens' goddaughter called Lana's claim of being a victim phony. She said Stephen's family had been fooled by this devious and vicious manipulator and begged the judge not to be fooled by her as well. And several other family members made victim impact statements, all echoing similar set sentiments at the hearing that lasted nearly four hours, which is a really long time for a sentencing hearing. At one point, emphasizing by Rosemary, his sister, one of Stephen's uh, what... 
um, one point emphasized by Rosemary, one of Stephen's sisters, was accountability. She reminded the judge her brother's death may have never led to criminal charges had her family not insisted on this toxicology report or test. Lana could have gotten away with murder. And the judge decided on her sentencing to be a prison term of 25 years at the women's only correctional institution in Greenwood County, South Carolina. Lana, Lana will be eligible for release on November the 24th, 2039. By the time she will be 74 years old. Wow. And I know that was long. I'm sorry. But no, that was one. That's the story of Stephen Clayton, who was such a great guy. Yeah, nothing wrong with him. Nothing wrong that with him. That we know of. That we know of. And also, don't kill people with visine. Um, just don't kill people. Yeah, and um, don't get don't, dead. Don't get dead. And um, put your visine up in your in your. Yeah, cabinet. holy cow. Maybe just don't have, like, that's, it's such, like, a every, like, it's a household out item. It yeah. It, like, terrifies me now. I have, like, regular, I don't have visine, but I have, like, the. The off-brand. Yeah, I have the off-brand, too. The off-brand dry eye drops. Yeah. I have to use them a lot this time of year. Yeah, so do I. Do you? Okay. <clears throat> Not just me, then. No. Um, I wish I would bring them to work with me. I always forget. Um, so, since St. Patrick's Day is on Friday, was on Friday, <coughs> but, like, this episode's going to come out the two days after St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Okay. So, I'm sure people are still celebrating. Yeah. Like, I... I don't really celebrate. celebrate. Bree just wanted to drink green beer. I really just wanted to drink green beer and wear green, so... Um, and also, this place is pretty flipping cool, and I've been wanting to do it for a while. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to tell you guys about the most haunted mansion in the world. <gasps> and it is, like, every... Like, in everywhere the world? has said that it is deemed the most haunted mansion in the world, so... Um, this is Loftus Hall in Ireland. Oh Ireland. my gosh. I'm not going to talk in an accent Thank at you. all. I'm going to refrain from it. Okay. Editing was so cr- <laughs> cringy. Yeah. <laughs> but also. Well, with a gnar. <laughs> it wasn't even an Australian episode. It was just gnar. I... That's all me and Josh say to each other now. Anytime we say no, we say gnar. <laughs> Okay. I'll just show you the guy on TikTok that I found that does that. <laughs> okay. So, the property of Loftus Hall was originally established in the 12th century. Like, who knew time went that far back? Um, It's really far. I'm sure the people that lived there. It was a long time ago. What about the first century? I. What happens then? I don't know. I have no what idea. is the first century? Like, I, Jesus? I don't know. Maybe. No, before Christ, I'd be like Moses and Abraham. Is that the first century? I have no idea. I'm, I don't I, know. You're the one who's reading the Bible. I'm listening to the Bible. You should tell me. Yeah. I, I, sorry. I had to take a break from the Bible, and then I went, like, the opposite spectrum. And <laughs> I listened to a book about a midwife that, uh, during the Holocaust, oh. and she was, like, at Auschwitz and stuff, and... That was really fascinating. I guess I do now. You listen to the Harry Potter series. I don't need to. I've already read it. You can log into my Audible. I already read it, Bree. But it's so much better to hear over and over and over and over and over. You know, I feel... I'm almost on 
the half blood prince for the third time. Oh my fourth gosh, time, I can't remember. So the property of Loftus Hall has <laughs> was originally established in the twelfth century around eleven seventy in Hookhead, New Ross County, County Wexford. I didn't know if they say Wexford County or County Wexford because it was written County Wexford. Okay. Um, Ireland, by a knight named Raymond Leigh Gross, Gross. The property first had a castle on it, and from what I understand, Knight Leigh Gross wanted to, like, dive into, like, Irish society and, like, become part of it, so he even changed his name to, like, Redmond, and the property stayed in his family until, like, the 1350s, or... It stayed in his family, and in the 1350s, the Black Plague hit, and his descendants replaced the castle with, like, a more modern residence. Oh, okay. Which was a 22-bedroom mansion. Very modern. Super common. Like, everybody's got Everyone has one. Not a big deal. Uh, And it was known as Redmond Hall. Okay. That is until the... Until 1666, which... So, I don't know if that's the correct year, but... Knock it off. I, I looked up another site. I had another year on there before, but I looked up another couple sites, and other sites said it was in 1666. And I was like, hmm, weird. 666. That kind of goes, that definitely goes with my story a thousand percent. Anyway, so already you can gather that this place has had a long history. Yeah. However, it's had some pretty spooky stories that go along with it. Shocker. Shocker, because this is a podcast about rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, and puppies. Um, Dead puppies. (laughs) Dead puppies. Um, So, the first story I have, and the most famous story about it that I have, falls on a dark and stormy night in 1775. Get the sound effects, the storms (laughs) coming in. Uh, When a handsome gentleman on horseback sought out shelter shelter at Loftus Hall. The current family living there, the Totemham family, allowed it since they had often like had this happen because they lived right near the, the ocean or the coast or whatever. And yeah. so they would let like sailors that were passing come and stay there every now and then. Okay. So the man got comfortable. He remained there for several days and the family kind of took a liking to him. And they got extra close, especially with uh, the family's daughter named Anne. Her and this man got pretty close and possibly cozy. Uh, okay. She evidently fell head over heels. I bet that hurt. But I'm getting my ahead of myself with the heels part, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're foreshadowing. One evening, the group sat down to play a game of cards. During the game... They did that in the 1700s? Yeah, cards have been around for a long time. Okay. Like dice, home slice. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so during the game, Anne had dropped her ring, or some say a, her card. Okay. And so she leaned down and grabbed it, and underneath the table, she sees that this guest does not have human legs. He what? had not human legs. Just noodles. <laughs> Would <laughs> <He> you had, <laughs> rather? <laughs> he had cloven hooves. Oh my gosh! See, I thought you were going to say head over heels. Yeah, 
so Anne screamed at the sight of this, and the man – so there's a couple stories. Either he jumped straight up, went through the ceiling, and left a hole through it, and turned into, like, a fireball. Yeah. And then there's another story saying that he disappeared up the chimney, followed by a loud clap of thunder. Uh, however, there's a giant hole in the ceiling even today. What? With, like, burn marks around it. So, pretty pretty crazy. Wow, that must suck during winter. Yeah, right? <laughs> during rain. Yeah, during anything, yeah. The family was surrounded by the smell of sulfur. Oh, my And gosh. then he was just gone just like that. So, like, you know, the smell of sulfur is, like, a sign of, like, demons. Demons. So, according to many, word spread that Anne was driven mad from this encounter. Wow. So her family had no other choice. But to confine her, they locked her away in their tapestry room, which Frickin I guess alpha. was once her favorite. It was once her favorite room. It's probably the room that they would put her in whenever she had her period once a month. <laughs> She's mad. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, spending her days just sitting and gazing out the window. Sounds just like Elsa. I'm sorry. It's so right? Oh my god! You. <gasps> that's so sad. And so that story is really messed yeah, up. Yeah, it is. So literally for the remainder of her remainder of her life, which lasted for less than a year later, oh. and she was buried, and she had to be buried in a sitting position because her body was so stiff <gasps> from being stuck in that position, just sitting and looking out the window. Oh my gosh, Brie, that's so sad. I know. So in the early 20th century... Wait, the, hold on. I'm sorry. Why did she die only a year later? Just madness. Oh, okay. Just madness. Also, probably, like, bird flu and all also, those diseases from the 1700s. Yeah. Yeah, those. She was driven mad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Weird way to die, right? Yeah, super sketch. <laughs> I have an alternate ending. So, there's another story to the more, that's, it's, it's a bit more tragic, but also more likely the story. What can be more tragic than being, like, confined to a room? And you're so stiff that you can't even... And the devil coming to see you. Don't forget that the devil paid them a visit. Yeah. And, like, hung out with them, and the daughter fell in love with him. Yeah. (laughs) So, that was the big story that everybody had heard, but the more likely story is that when the the devil went down to Ireland... (laughs) Yep, thank you. Uh... Going with the story that Anne did indeed fall in love with this man who apparently left them, Anne was heartbroken and driven mad. So that that was that was solid. That's solid. Okay. Anne fell in love with this guy, and he left, driven right. mad. The family did not lock her away for this. However, later evidence suggests that Anne was actually impregnated by the man <sighs> and died from childbirth. Because they refused to let medical care come in and Why? take care of her, because they were they didn't want anybody anybody to know what made them look bad. She was not married. Okay, so let's just kill our child yeah, instead. Just let her die. It just makes us look bad. But also, like I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to raise a devil's child. <laughs> yeah. So well, he could have not been the devil. We don't know that for sure. But also, yeah. Anyway, how is so, how, how are you, Bree? By the way, how am I? You are raising Natalie. 
So it was also suspected by some people that the man actually proposed marriage and he didn't get approval from the father and was offended. So he had left. Evidently, the devil playing or paying you visit versus being pregnant and out of wedlock and whatnot was a more acceptable story then. Not wanting to damage the family's reputation. Years later, in 1872, the home was renovated and evidently found in the walls of the tapestry room was a skeleton of an infant. Ew. So the story just adds to it. Uh, to add to the spookiness. They just put the freaking baby in the wall. I know. Isn't that messed up? Like, you didn't even give him a proper burial. Like, you guys are disgusting. That's awful. Yeah. Uh, to add to the spookiness and possible truth, Anne's grave isn't, like, it's not far from Loftus Hall, but different from other graves. Anne's grave is cemented. Like, her whole burial site is cemented to where no one can dig her up. So the devil can't dig her up. So either they're trying to stop something bad from coming out, or they're Mm -hmm. trying to stop people from getting to her to find the truth. Interesting. But no one will never know, I guess. Uh, It's a dirty little secret in the dirt. (laughs) So many puns today. Like I said, there still is a hole in the ceiling. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Why haven't we, we like, repaired that? Even today, that? they've kept the hole. There's just this big hole in the ceiling, and you can see, like, burn marks on the edge of it. So, what the heck happened? I mean, I would understand why you would want to preserve that, because that is bananas. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. But wouldn't you, like, maybe build, like, another roof on top of it? Or just, like, put a sign that says, here was once a hole <laughs> where the devil came to pay us a visit. I would I would build like a little like box over it so that <laughs> yeah. like you know the weather doesn't get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you can also see. I it. think I don't. So from looking at it, I don't think weather can get in that part. And I know because they're make so rich. Sense. I so. think they fixed the roof over it. I think they've just because it's on the downstairs floor. I think they've just kept that bottom floor roof whole. Open. Oh, so that was just like one of the stories. Yeah, he, yeah, yes, yes, yes. It was I like a d- the downstairs. I the see, I see. Okay, story. okay, okay. Okay, so there's lots of legends in this place. I bet. So originally, the architecture of Loftus Hall, and I had to dig to get this one, um, was uniquely designed, such as the Grand Oak staircase in it. It's said that the staircase is hand carved and so detailed. Jeez. That supposedly the entire structure can just, like, slide into place with no nail. Like, it doesn't need any nails. It's just, like, perfectly fits it. Wow. Um, I don't know if that's true. That's so cool. I bet it is. That's just how they described it. Yeah. To what I was listening to. I hope they still use nails because you never know. And there are only two others like it. Oh. One in the Vatican and the other on the Titanic. Well, I don't, again, I don't know how true this part is. So. That is that would be amazing. <laughs> and I the, believe both of those. I, I'm going to. So in the entrance of Loftus Hall, the floor is tiled with like a be- beautiful mosaic tile. And according to locals, the family had two of the most talented craftsmen in Italy. Like they went and found them and they offered to pay them over the price that they would charge them to come to Ireland and do this job for them. They're like, we want you to make our floor perfect. Right. We want something that you've never done before. It's got to be beautiful. Grand. Got it. Yeah. So they agreed. 
and it took them years to do it. Jeez. They finally completed it, and they had to come get the, the owners to come and inspect it and make sure everything's okay, check it off, make sure it's complete polished and That'd shininess be a bummer and whatnot. Right? Like, this stone, this I don't like the color of this stone right here. Take it all out. So they loved it, oh, actually, good. luckily for them. And they didn't want anyone else in the world to ever have one like it. No. So they paid them even more money, and they let them live there forever, and they lived happily ever after. That's it. Oh, okay. No one died. Thank you. So the source that I got this from, <laughs> this little bit of information, used the word slaughtered. So I'm just going to put that out there. They did not. <laughs> Evidently. Again, this is like a local legend, so I don't know how true this is. So, it's messed up. It's like, no one else can have this. So we're just going to kill you. We're just going to kill you. <laughs> you may not leave. That sucks. Like, you finally get done with this job that takes years, and then you're just killed. Nothing just else. Done. You're like, oh, man, I'm finally done with this job, babe. I get to come home. get to see you and the kids. I, Frank, I heard Frankie started the seventh grade. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> wow and it's such an amazing amazing piece of art too bad we didn't have like pictures so that i could take this I bet their blood's in it why <laughs> this family i don't like this family i know <laughs> Dirty. i'm sorry so in 1917 loftus hall was purchased by the sisters of providence i guess um the home went out of the loftus family the family kind of died out and i guess they also went crabby. bankrupt, right? So it was purchased by the Sisters of Providence and turned into a convent and a school for young girls wanting to join the order, which, you know, totally appropriate where the devil just came to visit. Let's <laughs> turn this place Do into like a church. <laughs> yes, they did know. Everybody knew that this place. Oh, so, look at the sisters trying to like. They're just trying to make, make light of a situation. Yes. So they would we have. Fix this. They would have mass there, too. But not a lot of people went to Mass because going to a church where the devil visited was not a, like... Wasn't a popular opinion. Yeah, it's not really a thing that you go and do. It's like, hey, this is holy grounds. Nope. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't burn a hole in the holy grounds. But you know how, like, women, like, will date someone and, like, date a man and, like, I can fix him. Like, oh, yeah. That's what, this, that, that's, are... that's what this, this mansion was. Yeah. They can fix it. We can fix it. It's workable. So at the end of its time and of being a convent, uh, one of the nuns, possibly two of the nuns died. They were, they fell down the stairs or possibly pushed. Oh my gosh. Um, By who? I don't know. I couldn't, I looked everywhere for this. I heard Did they it. also get impregnated <laughs> by the devil? Yeah, the nun did. Yeah. <laughs> that would be crazy. Um, no, I heard this in the show Destination Fear. And they were talking about it, but they didn't give too much information. And I kept on digging for it and digging for it and digging for it. And I couldn't really find a lot of people that knew a lot about it. So oh, okay. I just know a nun died there by falling down the stairs. And a lot of people believe that she was pushed. And okay. it could have been, there could have been two nuns involved. Okay. So not super clear on it. Right. Also, there's a cross carved in the floor where she had fallen. That they had put there, I guess, out of a sign re of respect. Okay. So, I, I guess it's still there, too. Are we sure it's on X? Definitely a cross. The okay. nuns put it there. So, it's still there. Okay. So, let's get into the reason that you guys listen to this part of it. 
I like the history. I do too, actually. I really enjoy the history, yeah. So, since this tragedy, the Totemhams seem to be haunted by the people who killed their daughter and their grandbaby. Shocker. Um, they seem to be haunted by disturbances in the home, mainly in the tapestry room. Wow. Wow. Go figure. <laughs> Maybe because there are two people that just died in Isn't there. Is just a room of a bunch of tapestries? <laughs> it's so sad that it was her favorite room at one point, too. <laughs> It's like, like, I hate this room now. It's like, this is my dungeon. Yeah. Um, really sad. The family had summoned a Catholic priest, Father Broders, Broders, to the no. home. Bro- <laughs> no. To the home to perform an exorcism. Okay. The family was set on the devil story. And when the priest, I guess, I guess the priest took care of business for the most part, um, and they were, like, so set on this story that when the priest died, they his headstone supposedly says, Here lies Father Broders, greatest of them all, who banished the devil from Loftus Hall. So, they rhymed. Yeah, again, I don't know if this is a legend or not. So I love it. Could it could be true, could be not true. Lots of places says it, said it. That's fun. So in 1790, a guest invited to Loftus Hall for a hunting party arrived late, so he was put in the tapestry what room. What is a hunting party? Is it a bunch of men that go around and I, hunt stuff? I would assume that it's a bunch of guys that just, like, get together and slap each other's they... butts and, like, let's go hunting, yeah! Or are they hunting each other? That's a real... I mean, they were rich, so... Could be. They'd be Could hunting be. the poor. He... Oh, that's messed up. But it happens. Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why Robin Hood? That's poor hunting the rich. Yeah. (laughs) Robin Hood. (laughs) So he was put in the tapestry room as punishment. So you're late, you go to the tapestry room. That's 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 your timeout. That's the timeout room now. (laughs) But all the other rooms were filled, so that that was their last resort. After blowing out his candle and settling into bed, something heavy jumped onto his bed and growled like a wild dog. And the curtains were torn back. And the, so it is a room full of a bunch of tapestries. I guess. I guess. <laughs> that's. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, the sound in there is probably like so well like soundproof in there from all the tapestries. All the tapestries. So many tapestries. <laughs> <laughs> they just have all their history in there on cloths and blankets. Just cloths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the curtains were torn back and it said the bedclothes were stripped beneath him. Oh. I think bedclothes, I think it meant sheets. Yeah, sheets. At first, I was like, dang, it took off his clothes, too? He was naked? His bed jammies? But now that I'm reading it right now, it makes way more sense that his sheets were taken out from yeah. underneath him. Why so, is he, also, why would he be laying on his pajamas? Yeah. Well, I was like, it, maybe they just say beneath him, like, they just tore off his clothes. Right. Like, like, Magic Mike. I don't know. Yeah. Magic uh, Saint Mike. I don't know. Magic Barnstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever his name is. I don't know. <laughs> so he first thought this was a prank. So, of course. So he investigated the Wait, room. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting you again. What year is this? 1790. Okay. You know, back in the day. Yeah. The 90s. Where they played a lot of pranks on each other. And cards. And cards. Because they played cards there. Wait, this guy, this happened recent, like, in 1790, this guy. Yeah. Okay. So recent. What? <laughs> I mean, compared to the 12th century, yes, it is. 
So he first thought this was a prank, so he decided to investigate the room and found nothing was tampered with, right. no signs of anyone. And then he checked his door because he had locked it when he had gotten in there, and it was still locked. So oh, no one had no. got could have gotten in. I don't like that. Um, and so that's that's one of the first things that had happened, other than the fact that the other people had been terrorized by something in the house. Right. Uh, many guests have claimed to have been terrorized by a ghost of a tall woman in a silk dress. In 2014, a visitor named Thomas Beavis took a picture of the home, and you can see two figures standing in the window, and I guess this made, like, the newspapers oh and, my. like, magazines. Uh, during a lockdown on the show Destination Fear that I'd watched, yeah. arranged for they arranged for one of the investigators to be locked and isolated in the tapestry room like all night. Like it was a surprise too. I guess I don't really watch them. I usually watch Ghost Adventures or Ghost Hunters. Yeah. Um, but I guess this was just like something that they never do. And he's like, "Guess what? You're going to be locked in a room all night." And they wanted to kind of like get the feeling that Anne had whenever right. she was locked yeah. in there. And so they put him in the room all night. And first of all, the room had no lock, so they had to barricade him in there. They had oh to put gosh. like drawers and dressers in front of the door. But so he I thought could not so the guy out. was able. He checked that one guy with the dog, the scary. They might have taken it off. They might have taken it off. It was a long off. time ago, Amy. That, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> they probably changed. Doors. I know. I thought about that too. I was like, wait a second. How did they lock her in the room? Did they just keep no it barricaded hardware, all those <laughs> No hardware was allowed to be changed whatsoever, ever. Yeah. <laughs> so they... They put doors, dressers, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they had to the lock door. him in the room like that. Second, his walkie-talkie went out, like, the minute he went in there, because, like, technology has issues in there. Oh, my god! And so he had no way to communicate with the others. So the entire time he's, like, trying to talk to them on the walkie-talkie, and it's not going through... They're trying to check in on him every now and then. They're just like, oh, maybe he's just not responding. They're not, like, going in there to go check on him or anything. We don't need to knock on the door and see how he's doing. <laughs> so during his time in there, he got really emotional. He's driven to tears at one point. And uh, he had heard a couple different sounds. But a big thing was he started hearing, like, a banging and knocking, like, against the furniture that was on the door. Yeah. And, like, it sounded like someone was trying to, like, push, like, break in almost. Oh, my gosh. And, like, every time he'd get closer, like, it would stop. And he'd be, like, someone trying to get in. And he got really close to him and started banging at him. He freaked out. And he's sitting there yelling for the other guys to come in. And they don't hear him because it's a flipping mansion. And they're all the way across somewhere. And what, they wouldn't be in next door? No. They're, like, un- like a whole other story of the house. No, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. It's a tapestry room. It's totally soundproof, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tapestries are still up. <coughs> the callbacks in this episode are so good. <laughs> they eventually hear him. Oh, good. And they go and check on him, and he's like, I've been calling you guys this whole time. And they ended up giving him, like, new walkie batteries and made him suffer in there the rest of the night. However, it was really funny because they all ended up getting assigned different rooms that were really haunted in the house. Yeah. And they all had their walkies, and he's like, I'm going to pay them back. <laughs> and they're all settled in, about ready to, like, lay down and go to sleep or just chill out for a little bit. And he puts his walkie up to his mouth. He's like, hey, everybody. And they all, like, scream oh and freak gosh. out. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I just want to make sure you guys' walkie-talkies are working. 
Also, <laughs> sorry for screaming in everybody's ears, but also not sorry because we have someone who can fix that. We have a sound guy. <laughs> we have a sound guy. <laughs> um, another cool thing, they, they heard lots of uh, footsteps, lots of knocks and bangs throughout the entire investigation. Um, uh, one of the guys that was camping out on the third floor in the hallway, his camera caught this, like, black figure pop in and out of the camera view in the hallway. It was really weird because it looked like someone just, like, poked their head in, and then, like, they realized that they're seen, and they poke back out. Ew, I don't like that. Yeah, it was gross. It was weird. Other things that have been reported have been disembodied footsteps, uh, uneasy feeling and emotional changes, uh, hearing voices and unexplained noises, also hearing a baby cry, <gasps> seeing, no. I know, seeing orbs and figures, hearing not only dogs, but horses, horses, bangings on doors, sounds of people walking, technology malfunctions, and temperature drops. And as of today, Loftus Hall is unfortunately closed, but throughout its life, it served as a family home, a convent, hotel, and overall tourist attraction. It has been investigated by numerous famous paranormal investigators like Destination Fear and Ghost Adventures. As of 2020, like I said, it did close. Then it sold in 2021 for $2.87 and it's Jeez. currently under renovations. Hopefully, it'll open back up to the public one day. So. Well, I would hope that they wouldn't keep it for themselves. I would yeah, hope that it, they it would... was. I'm I'm assuming that they're probably going to open it up because they'd be stupid not to. Because like for it, a museum. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Like oh. there were tours that were going on there just oh, in like okay. 2019. Right. And right. That's what I mean. Like a tour. Like, people. Thing. I was reading online because I was trying to find some Yelp reviews, which <laughs> everybody gave it like really cool reviews and said like they'd have some. I didn't have enough to give. Right. this episode unfortunately but they'd had some experiences and like being touched and tapped and <gasps> hair pulled and stuff so um it sounds like it'd be a really cool place to visit one day i would go there devil went down to ireland um so you think that they're renovating it and they're gonna open it back up for like like tours and a so. museum type of thing i'd imagine for two point eighty seven million, like it's it's secluded. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. There's no one near nowhere near it. You have to take like a special road just I don't know, maybe not though. Now that I'm saying all that, it's really kind of a pain in the butt to get to, it sounds like. But I mean but it, it's it also would be on like the a, water. A half day thing. Yeah. Like a bus. Takes but you a or... lot of people went to it. I think I read like seventy thousand people a year, seventy to eighty thousand people a year would go to it. That's so. a moneymaker, dude. Yeah, yeah. Especially with it being that old, you know. Yeah. Very I would, old. I would. I would just want to see it, even if it didn't have any. I wouldn't want to live in it. No. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of things happen in there. It sounds like a lot of cleaning too. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't want to go somewhere where the I just can't believe the nuns, dude. <laughs> Y'all tried. They tried. <laughs> Do you want to hear a neighborhood story? Yeah. Oh, that was a very good one. Thank, Thank you. you. I love that Happy one. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Have fun with your hangovers. Also, don't feel sorry for you for having a hangover. And your corned beef. I need to do that. I need to make some. I don't like corned beef. Oh, really? Too salty. It well, is very salty. What makes your pie? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good idea. I just love the cabbage. I'm a very white person shepherd's pie, though. I'm sure you do. I don't you even think put... it. 
I mean, it doesn't even have gravy. It has Velveeta cheese on it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Bray. <laughs> so, this is from um, Reddit. <clears throat> we had an older lady living in the apartment above us. We both had balconies with wooden floors. We would be hanging out on the balcony after dinner, and she didn't love it, so she would hold a Windex bottle to the gaps between the boards and spray us with Windex, then quickly run inside and refuse to answer the door. Okay. With Windex. Windex cures everything. You know, uh, (laughs) um, my stepbrothers got in a fight once, and I sprayed them with Windex to stop them from fighting. Did it work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he still talks about it. Well, you know, that's the closest thing <laughs> I had. Great Windex in my face. It was either Windex or a multi-surface cleaner. I was, dude. They were getting really physical, like they were in a legit fight, and it was two grown boys. And I'm like, no, not in this house. <laughs> it was the closest thing I had. I mean, it's if like you didn't spray it in their face. Yeah, they stopped fine. fighting. Yeah. I think I did spray it in their face. Probably <laughs> cured their acne, I, too. I didn't have it on laser mode. I had it on the... The, the, the no, spray I, mode? Yeah, the spray mode. Give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat. We're everywhere, guys. It's at WWTN Podcast. We are always loving new follows and join our facebook group and our patreon and our patreon you can see all the exclusive exclusiveness that has happened in this episode including a story that will not be shared on the actual thing that i don't want anybody else to know so super dope patreon exclusive offers that you can have that's patreon.com forward slash wwtn podcast yeah on there (sighs) you'll find our tour dates too yes (laughs) um (laughs) One in the future. Yeah. You'll find uh, you'll find stuff that you won't find anywhere else on our Patreon. Also, so. um, don't forget, guys, we do take uh, hometown stories, yes. listener stories of true crime, paranormal, and neighborhood stories. It can involve anything. It can involve something crazy happening in your neighborhood, like someone <gasps> shooting your like house. Us. Who knows? Um, but yeah, they don't have to be long. They don't have to be short. Just send them in. We'll make the decision if they go for the episode we yeah. really want to do a listener episode soon super so. bad uh and uh, would be helpful if you sent him in this week true crime paranormal ghosts aliens aliens sasquatch anything murderers anything scary yeah so anything that's you know questionable yeah. let us know your sister yeah oh man i could write a book maybe <laughs> i should write a book <laughs> Oh, I was saying it's like anybody's sister. I wasn't saying just yours. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about my sister. <laughs> Man, that's a whole nother podcast. Anyways, um, so have you checked in on the neighbors? So what's with the neighbors? Bring Amy out. Amy, Amy out. Sorry. Psh, don't See, get dead. That. What's with the neighbors? Don't get dead. Say hi to your cats for us. Meow. <laughs>